G'day and welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you. Now, don't forget, if your mates missed the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either SoundCloud or iTunes. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Now, at the start of the fall, I thought it it would be a perfect opportunity for us to look at some of our programs a bit more in depth because the fall season is predominantly in grad studies the start of recruitment season so one of the things I'd like to do now is over the next three weeks interview grad students from our nursing program or do very different programs within it so I thought it'd be an opportunity for you to all see how diverse graduate studies in nursing is so I want to start things off with introducing you to Vanessa Silver Silvers and and so Vanessa is doing a PhD in nursing under the supervision of Dr. Joan Tranmer. So welcome to Grad Chat, Vanessa. Thank you for having me here. Vanessa, you have come from Brazil. In yeah. fact, you uh, studied recent or b- before this at the Federal University of São Paulo, yeah. which I have been, I have visited. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Bit of a jet setter. <laughs> so why did you come to Queens to do your PhD? And, you know, why Canada? Why Queens? Well, actually, I usually say that Canada chose me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and, and we obviously did because you're doing some great stuff. <laughs> and we know you've got some good stuff to give us. <laughs> yeah, I say that because at the time of my applications, I had to, the opportunity to go to different places. So I could go to U.S., England, or also I, I was also accepted at Alberta University. Oh, great. But during the application process, I, I was so well supported here at Queen's. So the professors were attentive and they promptly responded to all my emails. Fantastic. That always and helps, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so they showed their interest in my research. And then I just knew that this would be my school for the next four years. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really good. So with that, your research topic is... Organ donation, program evaluation, and quality assurance. Yeah. So can you give us a bit of an overview of what all that means? Because that's quite, that's quite big. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so uh, my research focuses on improving the quality of organ donation programs worldwide, not specifically in one place. Mm-hmm. But I am now studying in depth the organ donation processes and how other factors interfere in the organ donation program's outcomes. So okay. there are some programs here that have a high number of organ donations, like 42% of uh, effective donors, but others have a low number and they have the same resources. They work with the same organ donor program here, which is Trillion Gift of Life Network. And so I wanted to understand why this happens, why this is so different between these programs. And now I'm studying this phenomenon in in depth. I will do a scoping review first to identify what success means. Right. I want really to understand the meaning of this. We don't have a definition for that in organ donation so I want to come up with a definition of that that seemed to be an obvious thing that we should have (laughs) yes but we don't so yeah we don't so uh, I'm in the process of the scoping review I've got seven more seven thousand articles and I'm down to one hundred and eighty eight to text. So yeah, there's there's a lot, but uh I can say to you that there isn't many studies that they use the word success. So uh, we really have to right. come up with a definition, right? right? The second piece of my PhD research is really on understanding that those intrinsic factors 
that will affect the organ donation outcomes positively or negatively. So what we have so far is that the most studies that did this, they looked only at the quality indicators, so the number of organ donors, uh, family interviews, maintenance of organ donors, and so on. We know that is something that might affect the outcomes, but it's not the only thing. There is something else that can do that. So I want to look at the relationships of the organ tissue donor coordinator, who is usually a registered nurse, okay, with the ICU team, the intensive care unit team, right. and the organ donation organization. So I want to look how this dynamics of relationships contributes or not to the results of the organ donation programs. And I'm going to use a a sociology approach, a methodology which is called social network analysis that can measure the intensity of the relationships. And then we can have a better idea of how these relationships are impacting the organ donation outcome. There's a lot there, isn't there? Yes. Because particularly when you're working with three different groups all together, of seeing how well they do work together and et cetera. Absolutely. Okay. So now I think it's important to advise everyone, but Vanessa, apart from her research, I hope you don't mind me saying all this, but (laughs) is also a trainee, the Canadian National Research Transplant Programme. You are a consultant for the creation of the Organ Donation and Transportation Biovigilance Guidelines for the Brazilian Health Regulatory Agency. That's a long Quite name. <laughs> it is a long name, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Maybe it's just the translation, is it? From, yes, it is. From Portuguese, Portuguese yeah. to, uh, to uh, <laughs> English. And you are a consultant for the creation of the International Transplant Nurses Society in Brazil, working as the interface between the Federal University of São Paulo and the International Transplant Nurses Society, ITNS, or in the United States of America. Yeah. Right? And you are a board member of the Organ Donation Study Group at the Federal University of uh, Sao Paulo as well. Yeah. So it's it's in your blood, isn't it? It this, is. All this transplant and organ donation it and, and in, everything. Yeah. So... W- is it this background that you have the catalyst for your your interest in the in your research topic? Yeah, uh, but not entirely these uh, positions that I have now because this starts way before. Right. So right. organ donation is my passion since I was an undergrad student. Okay. At that time, I, I started studying the opinion of high school students and their willingness to donate their organs. Right. After that, I... So, sorry, can I backtrack then? You said Absolutely. high school students. High school students. Oh, I, I guess I didn't really think about that. I only thought about organ donors as being those that tick the little box on your driving license. Yeah. But so kids can, or their parents can put them forward. Yeah. The approach we had is just to see the understanding of the high school students because in Brazil it's a little bit different than in Canada. Right. So we don't have a a registry for organ donation. It is a a consented donation as well, but you have to tell your family in Brazil. Okay. And here in Canada we have the registry. So it's a little bit different. That's why it's attached to the driver's license. But back to the high schoolers, though, it was their their parents would give the consent. The kids couldn't. The parents would give the consent, but the kids should say to their parents. And also just to raise awareness about this topic among the family. It's a a good way of doing it, talking to the little ones, and then they will bring this at home for sure. Right. Right? Okay. So I started that in your undergrad. Yes. And then I, I... really realized that I love this topic and I wanted to study it for the rest of my life. So I knew that I need to practice. I need to have the experience of the practice to do that. Okay. So I finished 
the grad I, I graduated and then I went to f look for a job. Um, surprisingly, I didn't got a job in this area at first. Uh. So uh, it was kind of good because I could uh, broaden my view of the healthcare in general. So I worked in primary care, then I moved to ER, and right. then ICU. So okay, yeah. So you are a registered nurse still back home. I am. Yes, I am in Brazil, and I'm registering here. So it's a long process just to validate oh, I everything. Bet, I bet yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I decided to go back to school, and I applied for a certificate course in organ donation and transplantation okay. at Federal University of São Paulo. And some months after I started the course, I received an offer for a position to work as an organ tissue donor coordinator in one of the organ donation organizations in Sao right. Paulo. Great. And I started to build my experience there in this area specifically. Two years later, I moved to another job and I had the same position, but with some slightly different responsibilities. But you had that job because you're a nurse? Yes, because yeah. I am a nurse and because I had the certificate course okay, got it. as well. When I moved to the new position, I got to do a different type of job. So I was also an OTDC, so I still managed the organ donation process. Right. But also I had the responsibility of quality assurance. So okay. I had to ensure that everything went smoothly and when something went wrong, I had to study why that went wrong. So in terms of right or wrong in terms of the actual operation and the transplant itself or um, the process leading the up process, to process, all the process. So, okay. for example, one of the hospitals that we had had a, this problem to deliver the body back to the family. So when the family oh, okay. arrived, there was a, right. a problem. The body wasn't prepared to be buried. And this is something that is hard yeah. to the family and yeah. we have to know what went wrong in the process to fix that and make this go smoothly because the family is already doing something good. They can't, you know. I think it's interesting because a lot of us just think of, as I just said, it's just the actual operation. Here's, here's someone who's willing to donate an organ. Um, unfortunately, sometimes these people have passed and giving them sometimes they can still be alive like as the kidneys or something you can sort of hand over can't you yeah yeah like that but it's not just that operation of transplanting from one person to another no, but like you said it's the package around then the lead up and equally as important it's not just the care of the person who's received the organ but then what happens to the families who have helped support that outcome absolutely yeah you're right then i i did my master and i evaluated the program that i was working at mm -hmm. that moment i used a cost benefit approach to that and after i finished it i said yeah there's something else there i need to right. you know go really deep on that topic and see what else is in there and how i can improve that so i decided to apply for a phd program abroad so I could have experience of an outsider of right. my country and also really to get to know programs that are doing well right. and what we could uh, apply to, you know, what we can could contribute with the program in Brazil and outside. So you would, you would, whatever you're learning, you would hopefully be able to bring, go back to Brazil. Yeah. Uh, I, know so I know I'm jumped a question here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's a good... Because I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. So the research outcomes are intended to be useful not only here in Ontario, but also anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in okay. the world. Because uh, we are me measuring relationships. 
Got it. And not necessarily attach it to a determined program. Right. Uh, every donation program in the world is made out of people. Yeah. So we, by identifying the factors such as communication and collaboration patterns that can contribute to better outcomes, is something good for every program. I think it's it's important too because sometimes with organ donation, it's not from people with, in the closest vicinity because sometimes it's a relative, right? Yeah. And the relative might live on the other side of the world, so there must be some coordination that has to go on. Yeah. Is there or not? Or is that more by the family saying, like, come on over? No, uh, it, there is a coordination when you have the deceased donor. So I, I'll touch a little bit on the organ donation process so okay. we can be clear how that sure. works. Sure. So the organ donation process for the deceased people is different from the living donation. Right. The deceased organ donation here in Canada, we have the non-heartbeating donation and the brain death donor as well. Okay. The yep. process for the brain death donor is uh, when you have a patient at the hospital and it has a Glasgow 3 coma, which is a, a non-responsive coma. Yes. Then you will start the brain death protocol to identify if this patient is dead or not. Right. If this patient is dead, then the OTDC is going to talk to the family and say if they are willing to donate their organs because even even registering here uh, in Canada, it, yes, That's the families second. you have to sign. Okay. So the registration helps a lot because the family knows your, your, your wishes. Your wishes, yeah. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's the family that has to sign. Okay. Yeah. Right. And after the patients are defined, the family has signed, then the process starts to find a person that is compatible with their organs. And then this person is going to be called and prepared for the transplantation. And then the team comes to the hospital and we will retrieve the organs in a surgery. Then right. the body is prepared back to the family. And then the organ donation process is, it finishes right. and the transplantation process starts. For the non-heart beating program, is a little bit different, but the authorization is the same. Okay. I, I didn't realize that a family could go over the wishes of person donating. Yeah. And this is something that is hugely discussed mm. worldwide. Like, how can a family decide by you, you know. Like when you've already made that decision before. Exactly. So when you have sound mind, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that was a long way of answering that first question, but it was a great way of answering. So now, how will your research collaborate with the you know, the advancement of nursing science and, and what do you hope to accomplish with the results of your research? I mean you've touched on it a little bit, but yeah, so nurses are the main actors in this process. Okay. So we have the OTDC, the organ tissue donor coordinator in this process, that right. is a registered nurse. Okay. And also the donor needs to be maintained during the organ donation process so right. it doesn't have a um, cardiac arrest. Okay. Okay. So uh, the main actor is also a nurse. A nurse. Who's in the bedside taking care of this patient, ensuring that it, he is receiving all the care needed. Okay. So the results of this research will impact directly on the nursing care okay. for the patients because if we identify which factors are impacting and the organ donation process, which are delaying the process or, you know, right. preventing it to happen. So we can intervene earlier and make this process go smoothly okay. and reduce the, the nursing uh, work, you know. Right, right. Well, it's very, very important then. Yeah. So, and you asked me how 
do I hope to accomplish? Yes, because with the there's results. lots with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a PhD. You've got four years. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm almost there. So oh my. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, in the case of my current research, uh, understanding the factors that affect positively or negatively the organization outcomes will allow us to create the future interventions, not only at the process level, but also at the behavior level to, to make the process more efficient. And make it more efficient. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the same with most things, isn't it? Is it's making an, making something efficient so we're not wasting something else. And yeah. this in this situation it's someone's organs that can help Which someone is, else's life. We can even, you know, put a cost on it. Right. So how do you see your research collaborating to the improvement of the organ donation and transplantation research field, say, 10 years from now? Okay, wow. Because that's a long way down the track. (laughs) But, I mean, I know with any sorts of process, even if you find some great outcomes, it could take a long time to get into the actual system. Absolutely, yeah. So I believe that this research can become a solid method applied to program evaluation to measure intrinsic factors not captured by common program evaluation approaches. This project specifically will allow us to identify and intervene earlier in programs to improve the quality and quantity of organs retrieved in organ donation programs. Okay, that was a simple answer, wasn't it? Yeah. I am so used to sometimes our students having this really long... This really long explanation. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Okay. It's, sometimes it's really hard just to... <laughs> to condense what you want yeah, to, to say. Yeah, to condense but... and also to see how this is going to impact. I believe it's going to be more like a policy impact. So okay. this probably can become a policy, like um, how to evaluate programs. So probably we're going to have this incorporated to the current program evaluation approaches with the quality indicators. So okay. we're going to also have the behavioral aspect incorporated as well okay so if we look at say policy in ontario because there's lots of hoops and things that you have to go through with that would a policy are you wanting to put a policy or framework for a policy in place that can easily be done whether you're in a city center or a rural center because i mean look at look at canada we have such diverse areas and and I know I'm going to be speaking with a colleague of yours next week, and I know she's done work up north. Now, the facilities and processes available up north in some of those smaller rural communities is very, very different to what happens in the big city centres. Yeah. So are you hoping this can be a nationwide as opposed to just provincial? Absolutely, yeah. And relevant for both city and rural Yes, areas. absolutely. So the sites we're choosing for this research, we're trying to look at that diversity as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to look at the number of organ donated and also the, the setting they are. So if they are rural or if they are not. And uh, the next step of my research would be to expand this method to other provinces right. also. So we can have the big picture because Every province has their own regulations for healthcare. Right. And this is not different for organ donation. So we would have to look at each province and then condense all the outcomes in one, Into one big report. So we can say, okay, the programs that are doing well, they do this nationwide. Right. You know. Okay, so can I ask you one question? The registry right now, is that by province or is that national? It's by province. It's by province. Yes, it is. So to me, that causes a little bit of an issue already. Secondly, 
we have people who they're living in areas on the border of a province of two provinces yeah so sometimes the, the closest place may be across the border so how does how does that play into into the role of i mean does do their wishes or whatever cross that border or not not necessarily more, more yeah. issues more issues <laughs> more issues <laughs> what can happen for example if there is an organ donation here in Ontario and there is no one that is compatible to that organ mm-hmm. then they would call the other organ donation organizations in other provinces okay. and say okay we have an organ here and they would manage to find a person that is compatible in other places and just right. fly the organ or the person and then make the But transplant. at the moment if if you're in if you're donating in in Ontario they look in Ontario first. Yes. Okay. Yes. And only go wider if need be. So when you see I mean because I always see on these TV shows right they have this national thing and they who's on top of the list yeah. of the registry of who gets the next organ yeah. and, and so that's They do have a, a, a national body that coordinates the regulations and so on which is the Canadian Blood Services. Okay. So they the have all the registries and all the numbers as well. But each province manages their own programs. Right. Yeah. And and of course you've been specifically looking at what happens in Ontario. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So with that, I mean with your with your research and everything you're doing, so what kind of people did you reach out to talk to? Because I mean, when we're doing research, the the hard part is the data collection. Yeah. And who to talk to yes. and all that sort of thing. Was it easy to find the right people to talk to? Were they willing to talk about how the process is? <laughs> or I mean sometimes that I mean there's always things that can be an obstacle of you getting the yes. real information to be able to do your research correctly. Yes, absolutely. So it's been a long path that I started when I arrived here in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, you weren't, you had that thing too. Like you did your, all your nursing back in yes, Brazil. Yes, absolutely. So, you so don't I know came, the system. I had no networking here right. when I arrived. So I had to build that from zero. So when I arrived here, I did an internship at KG8, Kingston General Hospital, okay. with the organ tissue donor coordinator there. Oh, great. Yeah, so great. I stayed for a while with her so I could go to some of the organ donation processes and see what was different from what I was used to, Right. learn the different processes and so on. And she started to introduce me so, to some conferences that are related to organ donation here, and I started to attend those conferences. Okay, and this was when you first started your, your PhD? Yes. So that was great that they were helping you out on yes, all of that. it was amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. So what happened from there, I started to attend these conferences, these national conferences, and started to talk to people. And the first conference I went, I had to present, like, my, my research project. Ah. Uh, so I had this idea of the research project. Right. They had, like, a PhD session, and they did something similar to the Dragon's Den. Right, And yes. we had to present and defend, and so and they didn't have enough people to present. And so I you, said, okay, you, I have something here I can g- present. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to learn and be confident yeah. in what you're doing. And so I presented my research there, and there were some people that were looking at that and said, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I learned about the Canadian National Research Transplant Program at that session as well. Ah, great. Yeah, then I applied, was accepted, and it was great because then I started to build build solidly my uh, networking here. Right. So I got a mentor uh, who is Dr. Sonny Danani. 
he okay. yeah he so works apart from your supervisor apart you from my yes right. i got a mentor at that program and he is a research advisor at trillion gift of life network fantastic so he helped me through the process he put me in touch with the people that i need to talk to get my research approved there and we've been working closely to build the research in partnership with them so right. we could attend their expectations as well not only my ideas right. but i also have their expectations and their knowledge put into the research as well right what a great way to start because not everyone would have that opportunity to I mean, you obviously had an idea of what, like you said, what you wanted to do, yeah. which was the reason, um, I guess, with uh, Dr. Tranmer wanting to bring you on board, etc. But having that first little internship and how, what came from that. Yes. So now, you, are you still working with your mentor? And yes, I yeah? am. Yeah, he's still on board, and I uh, still have regular meetings with him. He's always does he like what of- does he like what you're finding? Yes. He does. He, he works with organ donation specifically, and he studies mostly the brain death diagnosis. Okay. But he is a great supporter of nurses and nursing right. in organ donation. And this research, he, he absolutely is passionate about this topic of right. relationships and how this can impact because this is, has never been studied before in this area. Right. So, so with that now then, um, will you have an opportunity to present your findings and your outcomes and, and possibilities for the area? Have you, have you got some more opportunities for that coming yes. up? Yes. So I, I apply for presentations in conferences every year. Uh, so I read, presented last year the research protocol in three or four different conferences. Okay. Yeah. This year I'm going to present in the, the transplant, transplant Society conference in yeah, Madrid it's going to be in Madrid yeah nice yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to present the preliminary findings of the scoping review right and some update on social network analysis work then I'm going to present later in this year in September at the International Transplant Nurses Society conference that's going to be in Chicago Fantastic. What a great opportunity you've had. Did you expect to be able to do all these presentations? I mean, there's one thing, I mean, we know research itself can take a long time. Yes. But at times it can be quite isolating as well. But it sounds like you've had a lot of opportunities to meet some great people, get your networking going, opportunities to present, etc. Did you expect that from the PhD? Yes, absolutely, because I know that the professors here, they are uh, well known for their expertise in research and all the contacts they have. So they really push us to go and look for opportunities to present and talk and really being out there and be seen, you know. So this is really something that I was expecting from the PhD program. (laughs) And fortunately, I I got opportunities and it's been amazing to present. Do you hope that there will be one coming up that you can go and present down in Brazil? Yeah, probably. It it would be amazing. you, You should tell them to put a conference on just so you can come and speak absolutely yeah (laughs) this is the kind of things i've learned so (laughs) what else can be done with that process you're looking at making a process a lot better or what else do we need to be considering because it has to be economical as well right yes Um, financially and in both human resources as well yes we've got some great nurses and doctors and the medical etc 
But there's all those other things along the side we have to consider as well. So a process can be fantastic. Can we afford it, both financially and in human terms? Yeah, the process is already in place. So the research is going to perfect it, right? Right. So the outcomes, fortunately, are going to be perfectly. Yeah, (laughs) excellent. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I believe that this is going to help with the costs. It's going to help with all the interaction among the team make them uh, you know collaborate more and work together towards a common goal i always say that organ donation is about culture so if you have a culture of organ donation in the hospital everyone is on board everyone's gonna help you when i used to be an otdc in brazil we had developed this culture of organ donation in the hospital and people would call me even when i'm not there just say oh you know i know you're not here but just so you know there is a don (laughs) and so on so they are really engaged to do the process goes mostly and how people right. when they feel and they they're, are they're ready to get part things of it. going yeah. yeah i think being part of a team is very very important because we can like we know most organizations the times can be silos yeah and for something like this we can't afford that because time means potentially losing an organ that yeah, could absolutely. be used yeah. so it has to be a smooth process yes and everyone has to be on board and act quickly Correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Fascinating. I think we could keep on talking, but we're going to have to stop because I'm just looking at my clock and we're going to run out of time. Vanessa, first of all, thank you for choosing Queen's and, and Canada to come and do your PhD. And best of luck with the rest of it. I hope you get to do all, all these conferences and go out and speak more and get some of these processes and, and thoughts that you've got potentially in place, first of all, in Ontario. And then hopefully other people around the world may look at what you've done and see if, how they can use that as well. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you very much for inviting me here and I'm a very proud Queen student. Yay, gotta love it. <laughs> Go Queens. <laughs> Go Queens. Love that. What a great way to finish the show. So thank you for that. So that's it everyone. Another week of Grad Chat comes to an end but don't forget you can download this, this show tomorrow from either iTunes or SoundCloud. Just type in Grad Chat. Next week we will have part two of our nursing series. Um, until then this is CJ the DJ signing off with iBig. Hooray! This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.